Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. <laughs> You're melting away, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Do you I, feel good? I feel really good. Yeah. yeah. It helps with my pain a lot, eh? Like being lighter. So, okay. yeah, it doesn't put as much pressure on my spine and on my joints and stuff. So, I know and, you've mentioned that before. Yeah. Just, my, my pain is still, is still pretty bad sometimes. Yeah. So, I'm going to take any little bit of solace I can get, mm. especially if it comes from like dropping a few pounds, you know? Do you Most, walk a lot? I, I haven't been able to walk yeah. much because of the cold, but yeah. I still go to the gym. Yeah. yeah. And do the elliptical thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Kim, mm-hmm. Kim, you can tell us your story however you want. If there's parts in there where mm-hmm. I might ask you questions about, but honestly, if you just talk, I don't want to say very much. I don't have, I think sometimes, personally, I talk too much mm-hmm. and not really say anything. So, yeah. uh, it's good to, I don't mind any questions and I have, I'm pretty kind of open, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So just about alcoholism, right? No, everything. Everything yeah. that you've been through, man. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah we're, this isn't, we're not affiliated with any groups or anything yeah. like that. This is just us yeah. having a conversation. I listened to a few of oh, okay. the podcasts okay. and I, I thought, wow, you know, I just, I thought what an incredible life and, you know, lucky that someone's alive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real, like, wow. Yeah. It's like, how could you still be alive? You know, I'm not crazy. Yeah. 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 Really crazy. Yeah. No, uh, I guess, uh, like I'm just thinking about this building and, and Mm -hmm. AA and recovery service and. Are you recording? Nice. And coming, coming here, uh, you know, following, you know, pastor Wayne here Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't know who your mom was. Until oh. I was introduced to her. I saw her kind of from a distance because I'd always sit at the back of the church and downtown. And then I saw her here. And then all of a sudden, and we were here for the, you know, the weekend. Yeah. And we kind of, well, we talk a bit, mm-hmm. you know, from time to time. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, to do that is she, yeah, she touched my heart. So I like that. Oh, thanks, man. She's a cool lady, eh? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But uh, I guess when I think about alcoholism, like, I'm in my early 60s, and I came over to the AA community. 
uh, eight years ago, mm-hmm. seven years ago. Okay. And I just think of it, you know, I started drinking really young, partly because I was young and that's what teenagers do and you go and chase the girls and you're silly and all that stuff that's part of growing up. But it also, I needed to, I wanted to cover pain for me uh, Mm -hmm. when I was young. And I don't, I mean, everyone has a story. Mine, uh, uh, I was adopted by an uncle and an aunt Mm -hmm. when I was younger. So uh, that was very painful for me. I was like six, five, six, and you can remember a lot when you're at that age. And I always had this idea that I would be going back to my mom. Mm-hmm. So I, I was born and kind of grew up the first few years in Saskatchewan, in shit town Saskatchewan. And, uh, <laughs> Is that like the actual town name? Uh, well, Mooseman <laughs> and Rokenville, you know, pretty much so those were the places. So near the, you know, the border. And uh, so... I didn't really know about that. And then there was something really bad that happened when I was to Prince Edward Island. That's kind of where I grew up. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my uncle and aunt. So he was 26 and in the military, and my aunt was 23, and here's a Mm six-year-old. So what do you do? It's like, you know, is it a toy? What do you do? And... You know, her mom was around and a big influence of me growing up. Mm-hmm. I was always scared when I grew up of almost anything. Mm-hmm. So I used to act out in bad ways. I'd do bad shit, uh, you know, a lot of bad shit. And uh, when I was a little kid, there was three or four of us. We burned a house down. Or it was seven or eight. I'll never forget it. It's like a vacant house, but lighting matches yeah. and just stupid shit. And uh, uh, I was always uh, kind of my uncle. Uh, he scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Always, he was my mom's brother. So there was lots of good things. He just wasn't loving. So I didn't really learn to be loving other than I wanted to be loved. And so that was kind of, you know, my grandma had a big picture in that. She was very stable. She had a hard life. Uh, She lost her husband uh, and she had two kids. One was three, one was around Mm two-ish. He had TB. And so she moved on, right? Very religious kind of family. But anyways, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know why I'm saying all of this. I think probably just I'm saying it. And uh, <laughs> the uh, anyways, I was always scared. Like I hear, you know, mentioned in recovery service about abandonment. Mm. That was huge for me. Huge. Yeah. And of course, there was something wrong with me. That started coming together because I thought, how could I have three fathers? Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of my first father, but then I became aware because my second father didn't want me around. Mm -hmm. And he was a bit abusive. So anyways, I got moved and mom had four more kids. I have a sister that's here and then she had four more kids 
with the new husband. So that just, I could never figure that out, mm-hmm. you know, like how come that is? Who does that? I'm a parent. It just, mm-hmm. it could never be an option. I just could never be. I'd live in a tent. Yeah. And I don't know, I'd hunt deer or whatever I would need to do. It's just, it couldn't be in there, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, maybe we have more resources now than she had then. Mm-hmm. And she was an alcoholic. She became that. And I th- he became that. And my real dad, I f- sought him out when I was about 18, 19. And I uh, went to see him and just, uh, I needed to do that. I think that's, if you're a kid, you like you're my blood. What's mm-hmm. going on? I have some questions here, you know. Yeah. So... You know, I went and did that and never kind of got the skinny on things Mm -hmm. other than they were divorced because I thought I was a bastard. Mm -hmm. So then it had some significance. Now it's, well, okay, so what? You know, but then it was something, right? So you have those kind of programs. So, I mean, that's gone. And uh, so all those years, I'm thinking of that kind of little dynamic um, I'm thinking, you know, I heard at the recovery service today and then before, I've never heard that from a father that I love you. Mm. I've never heard that ever. And uh, so I would look to find that in older males. Like if I went to a club, like I used to have these dogs. So I met someone there, used to train these dogs. I had Bouviers and... Mm. Got them trained, protection trained in that because I had a business. We got robbed a few times. So, you know, I used to go have to go in the mall to do deposits, not on the outside. Mm-hmm. So the dog, I'd let him loose, you know, in there. So anyways, uh, so anyways, I met people, someone there. I met someone else somewhere else, some other club or going to taking courses at the university or something. And uh, so that's where that came from, or I sought that out. Mm. I wanted that fatherly love. I didn't have it, Mm -hmm. so I sought it out. And I think I started doing really weird shit for approval when I was very young Mm -hmm. that I hated to do. It made me sick, but I was manipulating. I learned very Mm -hmm. young to manipulate. And, uh, you know, kind of as I got, you know, went along uh, in life, uh, you know, every time I'd feel kind of shitty, I'd get, I used to do a lot of acid Mm -hmm. and I'd do that, you know, they call it hash, you know, hot knife Mm -hmm. and, you know, that on the stove. And I've heard about it. I don't know what that is. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? I have no idea. Did you try it? Oh, okay. All no, right. of course not. Okay. Kim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we had that, but that acid was a big thing. And, yeah. you know, all the things that teenagers do, right? Mm. But I was out of control because I always overdid it. Mm. I loved the first time I get drunk. I remember I got drunk on lemon gin. Like, what kind of freak gets drunk on lemon gin? I mean, come on. I'm a guy. Like, I'm a lemon gin? That is so so fucking weird, man. (laughs) Anyways, I didn't do it anymore, but, you know, on that one. But uh, I like the rum and beer and whatever I could get, you know. Mm. But uh, 
I loved getting drunk. Mm-hmm. I loved getting drunk. It wasn't just to have a drink. I loved getting smashed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was the same kind of with dope. The little, you know, I, I used to smoke a little weed here and there, but that was the other stuff. And then someone gave me some stuff. I think they thought, you know, here's this dummy. You know, he wouldn't know freaking Coke from whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Probably put a flower in a bag or something, you know, his Coke and, you know, blah, blah. So I tried that a few times. Nothing ever happened. I, you know, paid my money. I thought, well, they see me coming, you know, just some hick from PEI, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, uh you know, nothing there. And, uh, but in my twenties, uh, like I was always anxious when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. like really nervous about everything. And, and kind of, I used to get a little bit kind of depressed when I was a kid. Uh, but more anxiety. I was always nervous, 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 about like almost anything. And I was scared in school. So I screwed things up and kind of, you know, I didn't, I repeated a grade or something and because I was scared. I used to get beat up, you know, bullied a bit. I was a little shrimp kid that was probably stupid, too sensitive as a kid. So mm-hmm. I didn't fit in probably with most of the guys playing hockey or that. That doesn't make you stupid though. Like, yeah. I put it in my head yeah. about it. And uh, so that stayed with me. Mm-hmm. So I had something to prove, yeah. you know. And so, and then I got married really early. Mm-hmm. I got married when I was 22. I married oh. 40 years. Oh, congratulations. I, I met this woman. I got beat up really. When I went to see uh, Don. My last name was something else before. Mm-hmm. I don't mind saying it. My last name was Bernie, B-I-R-N-I-E. So anyways, now it's, well, you know what it is. But anyways, uh, I went to see him. And when I was out there, I got beat up by these, uh, well, indigenous folks. Mm-hmm. And we were probably in the wrong place in Regina because I went to see that side of my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we're all at the bar and. And then shit just broke out. And one guy got cut up really bad. And, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, that was weird. So then there was a trial. And uh, so when I came out to Regina for the trial for this, and I'm going back, the plane's going back to PEI because I was going to college then in in Charlottetown. And, uh, I, a plane was fogged in and I met my wife. Hmm. So here's this, I mean, I'm on PEI. Here's this funky lady with these, well, these boobs everywhere and all tanned <laughs> up. And it's like, oh, wow. You know, so. Uh, so you weren't stupid man at all. <laughs> well, you know, I had plans. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you did. So, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we kind of started there, and uh, she, but she's seven years older than I am, mm-hmm. right? So I was just a, a stupid horn dog, and <laughs> she had whatever she needed, right, yeah. out of that. And I had what I needed out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, this pretty, sophisticated, kind of calm woman, mm-hmm. you know, not with all this n- crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
anyways, life goes on. I'm going to school for hospitality business. That's why I went food and beverage management. So that was the career I did for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. We moved out to Calgary, more opportunities. My wife worked days. I worked at nights. And that's when I really started, you know, going to college and taking some courses at Mount Royal and, uh, that's when I really started drinking mm-hmm. like crazy at night. And then I wasn't a good guy. I wasn't a great husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like when I got drunk. So there was this other addiction I had. So, you know, and uh, so that happened for years. And, uh, you know, so then I always worked. I never missed work. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a workaholic. I would hide and work or in booze or, or other things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, so that just went on, you know, and then we're married five years and now all of a sudden we have a baby, Mm. you know, that changed stuff for me. I love being a parent. It's, it's probably my favorite thing in life is being a dad. So I just love that. And, uh, so, you know, that kind of went on and then I just worked, you know, in different things. But what didn't happen in all that time was, you know, who am I, that question, right, mm-hmm. in all of that? I was just functioning. I was happy. I did normal things. We went, went to work, had holidays, got a house, you know, did all the usual things that people are doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had hobbies and stuff, but I was, you know, always kind of, I was a scared kind of guy. So then I'd get hammered and then go get in a fight or go do something, try to be somebody, mm. be the big shot. Well, you know, you're a big guy. He's a big guy. Like, bang, you know, it's just that I got up quick, you mm. know, and it took a lot to put me down. Mm. And uh, I was very wiry then. But, uh, you know, uh, I was really stupid. You know, I was somebody Mm -hmm. because I had a charge card. So all those people around me, they could, oh, let's go talk to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. You know, fuck, unbelievable. Anyways, just, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, they saw me coming and I just set it all up. But uh, the, uh, so that went on for a few decades here, you know, and then, Actually, in my 20s, I got in some trouble. Uh, I don't know what happened. I drinking. I went to the Marlboro Inn when it used to be the Marlboro Inn. I think it's the Coast Motel now. Oh, my God. That's your first mistake. Maybe your second one. And got into some shit in the bar room. Then got kicked out. And I took a frickin' knife and I started slicing car tires. Mm-hmm. Of course, some prick had to catch me, right? Yeah. You know, so I go home and next thing you know, there's a knock on the door. You da-da-da, handcuffs on, Why my wife's there, and her brother's visiting from Toronto with his <laughs> wife. Yeah, it was quite a night. So anyways, you know. So then I got, you know, went and got the big fancy lawyer, 
to try and get off of things, but I got a record and with mischief or whatever it was they call it. And then I got a pardon. So I got the pardon and that was fine. But over the years, I didn't learn to keep my mouth shut. And I'm sure I lost jobs because of that, but not, I always, I'm a, I'm a worker. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always a worker bee, you know, I'll find some way to be industrious mm-hmm. and try to hide when I really want someone to give me attention, you know? So how weird is that? Anyways, <laughs> you know, sense. go get drunk, you know, and, uh, yeah, go. Cause I don't like that. And, you know, I mean, feeling kind of unconfident. So then I start doing shit, you know, sailing in the water and mm-hmm. got a motorbike, you know, and do all that. And takes uh, some balls to do that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because you're playing with elements and different things. And you have to be very present or you're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I mean, a sailboat, you might land in the water on a bike. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, But I like it. You know, it just... Uh, I just like that freedom mm-hmm. it gives me. I like going and I like speed and stuff like that. So I'm a little more sensible. But always, you know, all this time was my favorite time because with business, I'd go away a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was like party time now. Yeah. I'm going away. I get so smashed, you know, or just go away and get so smashed. I remember one time, I was riding my frickin' Harley around just nuts and Nelson and, Mm -hmm. you know, I got so drunk and obviously I had to park it and ended up crawling on the sidewalk, who knows what time, all the way home to the hotel and just puking Mm -hmm. my guts off. And it was kind of like, I'm not going to do this any, I couldn't, what is this? And, uh, you know, uh, so I stopped like all together. And then, of course, oh, well, I'll only have one. I can't have one. Yeah. Uh, my system doesn't have that, having one drink. It's like smoking. Mm-hmm. I used to smoke. I tried to quit five or six times. Yeah. I'm only having one. It's a big fucking lie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, excuse my language, I hope. Oh, uh, you're okay. Uh, the, uh, you know, it's a big lie because it's like going to have a drink. Mm-hmm. It's a big fat lie. Uh, I used to do all this weird shit with booze in our house. You know, everyone's, hey, let me clean up. Oh, okay, great. I don't have to clean. (laughs) Good night, honey. Mm -hmm. See ya. All right, great. No, that was all about me finishing the booze Mm -hmm. and finishing the booze and everyone's glass that was left and all the rest of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. how fucking weird. Is that that's weird it's not you weird know? to me no it might be weird to darcy but it's, it's not to weird to me <laughs> i don't know man i mean if you left your riot take care of it you wouldn't have to worry but you know but uh whatever you know but uh just used to do that you know and then i had hangovers but didn't have hangovers and then you know it's just i'm not going to do it but then i binge mm-hmm. and i was an alone drinker very much alone and Linda goes to bed early, and I'd sit at home drinking. Mm-hmm. So I go look for sales and you know different because the people get to know you, what you're here, and you know you move around, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, 
you check for those sales, you know, I'm cheap, you know, so, you, you know, who's got this one and that one? Okay, great. You know, go here, go there and check those flyers. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's nothing unique here. I think I've heard all this in meetings, you know, a meetings and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, you know, it's just that whole thing, you know, the big question, who am I thing? Uh, you know, it kind of came one time, my ego was so big. This was the last day, November 1st, 2011. I drank a whole bottle of vodka and a, and a glass of, you know, some wine. And I was a fucking mess. I was still puking my guts out three or four in the morning. And uh, I had to go to work at six. And there's a major oil and gas company downtown I went to. And... I was doing departure business. I had to show up in my suit. And this was a director in a major oil and gas company. And I show up and I'm still in the bag. I have all kind of mints. I know what I'm doing, so I'm all cocky. I'm just, I can handle this. I can do all this. <clears throat> you know, it happened, but I was a mess. Mm -hmm. And I got called out after the work mm -hmm. really called out and I should have been uh, for that so that you know and then my family was kind of you know I'm not going to be married to a drunk so you know uh, the scariest thing for me because we should have divorced mm -hmm. when I wasn't a good man around was divorce because my parents got divorced mm -hmm. And I thought that's the worst thing that could happen is a divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's all that shit that goes on in here. So anyways, started the AA meetings and I was miserable, uh, as has been mentioned. And, you know, uh, a dry drunk, mm -hmm. very much a dry drunk, very much an egomaniac. Go to these meetings and it's like, oh, fuck, I can't believe am I here? What is this? You know? Uh, I still think that way, you know, man, every time I show up, <laughs> just kidding, you know, so, and there, it was big. There was, a, it was like 170 people or something. There was oh, some shit. big meeting and well, maybe it was less. I mean, I exaggerate, but you know, it was in the Northwest in the yeah. Alliance church. Oh yeah. There was lots and of the space. place was full and was, you know, and I thought, you know, I saw all these people that, not, didn't really look like me too much. Mm -hmm. They smelled a lot, and uh, and it would, they were like really crazy. I thought, why am I here? Mm -hmm. I don't get this. You know, uh, this is nuts. I don't know. I mean, you know, hi, I'm me, Joni. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, okay, fuck off, Joni. You know, I'll see you next week. So <laughs> I showed up next week. You know, yeah. and you know. Wasn't really wanting to buy into that, what that meant. Mm -hmm. I had issues. You know, I had issues with it. Mm -hmm. And I'd listen to people and there was parts that were fine, but I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I felt very shameful. I felt shame for many things over the years. That's just, you know, it's part of the crap, you know. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've done that deep dive. Uh, uh 
in the 90s, I started doing all that personal best stuff, mm, you know, yeah. Jay Fassett and, and those people. So all those courses, there's like 400 hours. and mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of coaching stuff I took over the years. I used to do a lot of stuff through Coach Training Institute. Mm-hmm. And there I do that, you know, use that for work and just submerge in all that development work. Yeah. And thought I knew a lot and I was smart. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, I could take a lot of quizzes and probably pass them. I've read the big book Inside Out many times. And if you quiz me, I could probably, yeah, that's what this is. Mm -hmm. Do I live it all the time? No. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do. I binge it. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm I'm not the guy that goes to the meeting or the gal that stands there and knows everything about deacons bleeding deacon mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh you know uh that i know things when i think i know things i should be no i don't really know things mm-hmm. i sh- i don't need to say that mm-hmm. because i have shit that's still going on with me yeah and I had a vision that, okay, I did all those steps. I did all those steps. I had a sponsor. I'm doing all of this. Now I'm doing all the service. I'm on the committee. You know, all of that. Mm-hmm. I overdo shit. That's just been it my whole yeah. life. I always overdo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm doing it for other reasons. They're not clean. Yeah. I want someone to, oh, you did a good job. Yeah. Some approval shit. Mm-hmm. And and in the last kind of year and a half, I mean, the Pathways to Freedom, I just absolutely love that experience mm. and something. And hopefully, if it's continuing, I would engage in that again. Yeah. Uh, I just, the people that I met there, I really enjoy the people mm-hmm. there. I feel very safe and understood around mm. them. And I hope I offer that to them. Uh, I, uh, I'm sure you did. That group was quite a close group. There's very special yeah. people. Very, t- very really so. touches me deeply. You know, uh, on that. So, uh, the uh, what I found, and I feel bad at times. I've gone to many meetings. I was part of the meeting starting here, and I left the meeting here. Mm. I left the meeting here uh, the end of December. Oh, downstairs. You want to talk about it? I could possibly a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have answers that I need to find, uh, but I feel shameful mm-hmm. about answers. I was part of creating this, yeah, and part of just one member of a few starting yeah. it. So. And that came because we, there are other places where the meetings were, the church sold. Mm-hmm. So all these groups had to find another place. Yeah. And for me, it became the day to go to a meeting. Mm. I had other things and I wasn't really willing to shift things. Yeah. Uh, to I would r- want it other days. So it came down, to, okay, I guess it's going to be a Tuesday. So great. It'll just... It'll be what it is. Mm-hmm. And 
So that's fine. Got in there working and all everything together. And then things weren't working for me. I wanted some things that I wasn't getting. Hmm. And I started seeing some things, some parallels between how that is out there uh, and in my real everyday world. Mm -hmm. I see some parallels. And I'm searching for that Mm -hmm. still. I learn more of that coming to the recovery service. Mm -hmm. I learn more of that uh, talking to people. I don't trust well. Mm-hmm. I don't trust well. I'm getting better, much better. That's a lifelong process. But I don't trust well. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of guy that used to have his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Naturally, I'm empathetic. I always have that with me. Mm-hmm. And I have to have that with me with work. It's... Uh, uh, I bring that, and uh, I I think what happens for me that makes me want to act out, uh, I don't have a desire for booze. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, I'll have a crazy thought, you know, go buy a microbrewery. Fuck, dude, I can see this frosted mug, (laughs) you know, and there's that head on the beer, you know, and with that sandwich... Fuck, that's going to be so great for lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it's like, okay, 10 minutes is gone, right? It's like that 10 minutes delay for a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Or it's that 10 minute delay for something that I shouldn't eat, Mm -hmm. you know? Am I taking No, no, I thought somebody was... No, I I think I'm rambling. The point that I think I'm getting to is... I don't think that I do people well. Hmm. What do you mean? Meaning friends well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I ha- have lots of proof. Because mm-hmm. uh, I never thought I'd match up. Like in school, I was good at, you know, cross soccer a bit mm-hmm. and cross country running. Uh, and then uh, mechanical things. Like I started, my father had a, a, a skidoo shop and a Polaris shop, and then he fixed a couple of them up, and then I learned how to race, drag race, and then circuit race around a track. You know, so I like that. I got into that because I could win mm-hmm. a bit at that. And... Uh, you know, I was a bit tough because I'd fall off and smash up and split my helmet and I'd get up and want to go again. And that's probably because I was young, you know, but uh, the uh, I'd still do it, I think. But uh, uh, the uh, I never had close friends in school because I was too freaky. People wanted to be- beat me up. Mm-hmm. I was this little shrimp, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd sca- I was scared. I'd go running. And, uh, you know, dicks, man, Hmm? kids are dicks. Well, you know, but, and I saw that when I was here, you know, uh, just never made that connection. I felt really lonely, but I created it. 
I never didn't know how to seek it out mm-hmm. other than people that impress me. I try to do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, be extra nice, go out of the way, you know, they kind of like, fuck, okay, use, you know, guy's a bitch, you know, use them mm-hmm. or, you know, all kind of crap like that. Right. And then after a while you get pissed off, mm-hmm. you know, I take it in and then what comes out of me is so venomous and loud and horrible. It's like, that guy's scary. I don't want to be around him. Yeah. No, I don't want more of that. You know, so do that for a few decades. It gets a little weird. Yeah. You know, and then go and drink because you want it to go away. Yeah. And, you know, so. And then with NAA, you know, I talked to, you probably know him and he'd be fine. I, John Mitchell's my sponsor. Mm-hmm. And there's another guy, Mark and Lee. They've been in the program. One's 10 years, one's 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a while, but we are AA and then friends. Mm -hmm. Probably Mark and John were AA friends. And other guys more just kind of strict on the AA, Mm -hmm. which is fine. And, uh, so that's a big deal for me to mm-hmm. open up that much because I open up and then I used to always think, shut the door because mm-hmm. you're going to get hurt yeah, or someone's going to work you over. Yeah. Meanwhile, I set it up. Let me learn how to put in some healthy boundaries, which mm-hmm. I'm not so good in. Yeah. Let me know that what I have to say matters. Mm -hmm. I see it with work. One place that I work, I've been contracting for 12 years. Mm -hmm. I'm like a whore. I'll take the money. (laughs) Sure, send me here, send me there, treat me like shit. Just pay me. Because I don't have to see you again. You know what I mean? Just give me the money. I can do the work. I know I can. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a problem. I make you look good all the time. I don't like how you treat me. Well, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I haven't because I like the money. Yeah. So I, I'm to the end of that. Really, I I gave my notice in December. Oh, did you? And I was supposed to be finished, and uh, they were doing a lot of changes, and it had to do with financial cutbacks. And I said mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. So. Uh, then they came back and they realized they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So there's a few of us that are senior people. Yeah. So they extended our contract. Mm-hmm. They just said, look, let's just extend this till June. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, if I, I, in my mind, I already gave my notice for December 31st. Mm-hmm. So anything that happens is a plus or a bonus to me. Yeah. So if I can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not so hooked on it. Yeah. But it took me a while to kind of do that. Then I have a couple other small businesses and I see mm-hmm. where I maneuver that, you know, kind of, okay, no, this is the line with business. Mm-hmm. This is my service that I offer. I don't offer that because now this becomes an expectation. Mm-hmm. And in my, this expectation for them, then me, right? Well, how mm-hmm. could you do that? You know, 
I just set it up again, right? Mm -hmm. You can do it. I said it's okay. Now it's not okay. Yeah. Right? I'm busy, you know? Well, people don't like that too much, yeah. you know? And uh, what day is it? You know, what mood is it? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, when I think of the big AA experience, uh, the more that I turn it over mm -hmm. and give it up, the more peaceful and happy I am mm -hmm. every day when For that sure. happens. When I jump in and want to maneuver, because that's my default or mm -hmm. whatever it is, things start to get a little weird after a few days. Yeah. And I'm not so open to things. But I know I'm more open to things. I mean, as an example, while it's really current today, we're, we've made a decision to kind of stay in our place for a little while. Mm -hmm. Instead of selling, I just, we don't like the market. So we're going to do a couple little inexpensive things. So we were going to get some lighting today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's part of the honey-do list, right? The thing keeps growing anyways. <laughs> you know, so, you know, uh, we were going to the lighting store this morning and Linda said something about something and I said, no, I'm not feeling like this or like that or like this or like that. And it was around lights mm -hmm. and making a decision around lights. And I said, you're asking me a question and you're answering it when you ask your question. I've only asked you 149,000 times to please stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Will you please stop doing that? And it was dead silence in the, in the car for a while. So fine, I know ice cubes, whatever. So I'm driving and, uh, and she says, no, you're interpreting this way and I'm interpreting it this way. And that was exactly what I needed to hear in the moment. So it may seem like nothing, but it's a really big thing for me that mm -hmm. she just said what she said because yeah. I needed to put that piece in my head. Mm -hmm. The point on that is is separating fact from fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, I make a lot of shit up and I sabotage myself. Yeah. What is real? What isn't real? Mm -hmm. You know, and this whole disease... Uh, around alcoholism. My mom died from it mm. uh, at, I think she was 47. She died. Mm -hmm. I had all that hate for her. Who does that to a child? Mm -hmm. For decades. And that went away. I ended up loving her. I think we talked about it at the Pathway to Freedom. It mm -hmm. was a nice thing. You know, I wrote it and burned it and did a whole kind of little thing at Bonez Park and it was fine i had yeah. the same thing for my father my birth father yeah recently he died like five years ago and i didn't know i had a bit of a resentment on that i thought well why didn't someone find me i found him they could find me mm -hmm. but you know so anyways i didn't drink but uh so you know acceptance this whole thing i think sometimes byron katie you probably heard of her she does a lot of stuff with alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And this is a big fighting reality disease. Mm -hmm. And it's a big perception disease mm -hmm. about how life is and how wonky things are in the computer. Yeah. And I'm getting that. Mm -hmm. 
I don't like it when I go to meetings, I guess when I have an expectation. I don't like non-inclusiveness. It hurts me. Yeah. It hurts me so deep, I can't tell you. Yeah. Just at a very deep level. Yeah. I don't understand why people do that. And then when I am hurt, I mean. Mm-hmm. So then I exclude people. I think it's the most hurtful thing mm-hmm. to not include people in things. And especially we go to a meeting that has such a sacred space. Mm-hmm. It's not just about putting a plug in the bottle. Mm-hmm. That's the first part. I had the bottle because my whole life was unmanageable. Yeah, That was kind of my escape. At least I thought it was. It anyway, worked for a while. Yeah. Yeah, a long while. Yeah. And so those things I'm sorting around. Mm-hmm. I think I have a list of shoulds that I haven't dumped or let go of, yeah. David. Like going to meetings yeah. and not feeling loved, mm-hmm. not feeling seen. I don't understand why that happens at mm-hmm. some meetings. Yeah. Not all meetings, because it wouldn't be true. I haven't been to all meetings. Yeah. That would be a lie. But some meetings, it's that way. Yeah. Or meetings to go to and end up doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Then I get a resentment. And why other people think that's okay to let that be, mm-hmm. to set up and clean up and not have really much time to talk with other people because yeah. things have to be done. There's commitments in buildings. People want you in. They want you out. They have yeah. things to do. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then try to have conversations about it, and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Is that meeting gone now? Downstairs? No, it's still there as far as I know. Okay. I was announced at the meeting, Noel said it must must still be there. Oh, okay. I I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I I haven't been there. So I left. They know why I left. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's fine. So I have to, I needed to find out what I found out Mm -hmm. as part of my path. Yeah. I'm not better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. I may come across as that way, and my ego does get in my way at times. You never come across like that to me, but. I don't love myself enough most of the time to Mm -hmm. stand up for myself and say, I'm a man and I deserve, I'm a loving, fun-deserving man and I deserve respect. And if you keep doing that with me, we're going to have words. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to talk about this because this ain't fucking working for me. Mm And I haven't done that enough. Yeah. Maybe not those words. You sometimes know, you have to use those words. Sometimes you do. I don't. Yeah. I just don't like getting up all up in the face. Yeah. You know, too much. I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's. I don't like that experience, David, in the mm-hmm. AA community. Yeah. And I, I've experienced. And I don't it. know if yeah. that's just me. I know that <clears> I'm <throat> overly sensitive as a man. I am really overly sensitive. I don't like that. I hate that. Mm-hmm. The good thing is you're in a program with yeah. all kinds of overly sensitive men. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and women. Exactly. Like hypersensitive. Yeah. 
Something else that's really big for me, and and thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Thank you're, you're you a lot true. for saying that. That's true. Uh, with the work that I do, and and I'm sure the work that you do, confidentiality is huge mm-hmm. to me. It is so big to me. Mm-hmm. If someone chooses to share something to me with me and yeah. asks me to be quiet or hold it, yeah, it is huge. Mm-hmm. It is so big that I'm honored that someone would ask me to do that. It's an honor. Yeah. And to just sit and listen without judgment. Mm-hmm. Just listen. And with work, uh, I see people with loss, usually with job loss. Mm-hmm. In the last 12 years, I would say probably I've seen close to 2,000 individuals. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stories. Yeah, it is. And that's a lot of people who are suffering in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I have to stick handle in the moment. I have to stick handle before things. Uh, and you s- I, 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 and just be there for people mm-hmm. in grief. And a lot of people in that grief, a job is so much for them. Mm-hmm. It's at the time, in the moment, that's their whole identity. Mm-hmm. And someone's taken it away in this whole control thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, when you've had a time to vent and do all that, who the hell wants to work somewhere where they don't want you? Yeah. I mean, when it, you get to that, but you're not there that moment, yeah. that hour, that day, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just not there. And that's at all levels. Vice presidents, presidents, mm-hmm. street sweepers. There's, it's fear. There's all this fear. There's commitments. There's loss. Someone else has something else. They're an addict. They're an alcoholic. They have all kind of shit going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people lose jobs for messy shit, mm-hmm. really messy, dark shit sometimes. And a lot of it is just simple economics, mm-hmm. company selling. And there's no more room. Or they can get someone cheaper. In that, over time, I find it hard to maintain that firewall and not have my heart burnt to pieces Mm -hmm. in that. Because it does affect me. If I see a woman who is a single parent and has a young child and she's dying of brain cancer and someone's not being honest with her about letting her go, that kind of fucks up my whole day mm-hmm. and maybe two days. I don't understand how that happens mm-hmm. in business, how that's okay. Especially someone who's been around for 10 or 12 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fucked up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's and there's no a lot of, lot of effed up shit out there yeah. that goes on because people don't want to get the lawyer knocking on their door. Yeah. Pretty much is what it is at the end of the day. You know, so it is what it is. I'm in there. Why? I don't know, but I've been mm-hmm. in there. I've been able to be of assistance to people. Mm-hmm. So that's fine with me, yeah. you know, but it's coming to the end. But in that, it's about acceptance of other people, mm-hmm. you know. And I used to drink a lot, and it used to just be there all the time with that, you know. I mean, at the beginning, it was like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, this is weird. Yeah. You know, so then you just do, go to work, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, uh, 
Yeah, so that kind of screws things up. I mean, you get to see any kind of person, any sensitivity, anything that happens, you know. Uh, now, yeah, so the kind of the big shit that just kind of screws me up are these expectations, I guess, and these accepting out there, and but in here, mm -hmm. accepting myself and learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, got to watch my health. I got a couple little things going on, so I'm paying attention. Nothing too serious, but mm -hmm. I got to pay attention because it, it comes back and reminds me once in a while. It's yeah. me pretty good. So I got to pay attention. I, I want to pay attention. I don't have to do anything, but I want to pay attention to that. I think moving forward, I want to be a better friend with the AA men that I mm -hmm. chat with yeah, uh, and to others. I guess I want to find a group that I can be settled in. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not in a hurry. Yeah, I'm visiting. I go here, I go there. And I have to remember to take the good, mm -hmm. not the dark and the yeah. bad. I'm not in someone's blood. Mm -hmm. I've been, had that happen mm -hmm. i've had abuse i've had shit i've had abandonment i've had lots of crap like anyone else has mm -hmm. you know i've done a lot of stupid shit and all insane stuff and but i think i want like more peace mm -hmm. in here like just you know i get have that kind of calmness when i meditate mm -hmm. i like that that really works good for me yeah i like that yeah, but I've got in a habit, so I don't resist it or fight it. Mm -hmm. Things get weird. When I do that, and I get in a hurry, and I do my readings, because I love ritual, mm -hmm. seems to be, a, I like it. I love it. Humans but, like it. Yeah. But, you know, I get do that. Uh, then some days, if I'm not kind of on the right purpose, it's like, oh, I'm just doing it because I have to do it. Mm. But I didn't get what was just said. I just did it. Okay, check. Now I have my schedule. Yeah. So something funky will happen later in the day. Yeah. Because I put in the wrong program, you know? Mm. So, and as I'm hearing, uh, I, I think I had, maybe I still do, that I thought there was kind of like a, an end date mm. for this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You know, and I'm getting more calm. You know, when I hear the pastor say what he says, mm -hmm. his experience on those years. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm getting the outer edges, but I'm getting it. Yeah. The picture. Okay. I can do that, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, my wife's been so good to me over all those years. Mm -hmm. Why she hasn't, well, we have kind of split a bit and mm -hmm. together again and, uh, but we're together here and I have a job for her. Yeah. And my job is to lift her up mm -hmm. and be of better service to her. Mm-hmm. Though sometimes I want to act like a 20 or a 30-year-old. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
Sometimes or half the time. That's I'm just speaking for myself. Are we doing honesty again? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And then with my kid, who's 35, she, uh, when she was growing up, I think Linda and I put a dome over her. Mm-hmm. Like my uncle or father, there was never once in his life that I let it be, even when she was a baby like this, Yeah, him with her for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I just had that the whole time she grew up. Yeah. And I kept her away from everything on PEI, everything. Not happy about it. Yeah. And both Linda and I, I think we put ourself on her. You know, I mean, she's a clinical psychologist and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we had lots of feedback over the years. <laughs> and I see, see her, uh, her uh, independence and as a mom and that. It's nice to see that. Yeah. Because I see us uh, controlling mm-hmm. shit. You know, controlling is all about my insecurity when I'm doing that. Yeah. Not just being. I went to this thing. It, it just, I thought about when we were talking, you know, something that's different to talk about. Have you ever heard of a guy named Sean Casey LeClaire? No. He has, uh, he was an alcoholic. It's all out there and in mm-hmm. print and everything. And I met him through the coaching world. Okay. And he has a hug an angry man. You'll see that he's crying. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes me cry. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Kim, when you're talking about your wife. So, you know. You know, when you're talking about your wife and, and being a different man for her, I, I can't, like, this stuff doesn't come up by accident, right? Nothing yeah. does. And the truth is, we were talking about this probably a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever it was. We were having the same, a similar conversation about, you know, when we think about self-care, right? We always, we tend to think about like self-care being, okay, I need to be alone and retreat and gain my strength and come back. And it came out, I was, I was thinking about it because I've been thinking about it for a bit that if I really want to be a partner with my partner, I have to be a partner. And I see like, what what you're ta- what you said that it just popped into my head so I apologize for no, going off this. that tangent but the truth is I've been thinking about the very same thing like every day for the last like four mm-hmm. weeks five weeks maybe mm-hmm. even longer than that how can I be a better partner not how can she be a better partner because like when I really break it down and I don't know what your what's like with your wife right mm-hmm. with Linda right yeah. but with Heather and I. She is so much a better partner than I am, right? She teaches me how to be a partner. And I feel like so inadequate there, right? So talking about that, like I I really do feel that way because when I, like for example, um, supporting each other in our endeavors, right? Mm -hmm. So she supported me right away with Freedom's Path. When when we decided Mm -hmm. we were going to take it out of Central and we were going to make it a charity and we were going to do all these things, um, when I say we, me and the two guys that helped me start it, okay, that helped me get Freedom's Path 
its own thing, like mm-hmm. making it into a charity, right? Well, Heather was, she's instrumental in that. Okay. Right? Instrumental in it. And she doesn't complain. She doesn't, like, she just works her ass off. I right? bet. Yeah. And when I see that, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm this like 20 year old. I'm basically like inside, not even 20. I'm probably mm-hmm. like 16. Mm-hmm. If I'm 16. Um, either Your way birth. you cut it, I'm fucking immature. Mm-hmm. Right. And my, my perspective on partnership with a, with a woman is developing now mm-hmm. because I've never had one. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have an example of it when I was growing up. Okay. Cause my mom and dad weren't partners. Okay. There was a hierarchy. It was definite. It was certain. And they both agreed to it. So it's not like my dad kidnapped her from a farm in Saskatchewan and like locked her in a cage. Although they might've been into that at one point. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not going to speak out of school about that. Mm. I don't know. They might've had cages. I know nothing. Um, I like to make jokes at my parents' expense because, mm. well, they taught me how to use a spoon. So <laughs> back to anti my shoes and all kinds mm. of shit, right? Mm-hmm. But, but back to this um, partnership, this is new, mm. right? For men, this is new for us. Mm. This is not an easy concept, but I'm so glad that we're able to talk about it mm-hmm. because it's going to make it easier, right? Because you're, you, you said it in the beginning, you're in your 60s, mm-hmm. right? So to hear a man in his 60s actually embracing that change, mm-hmm. because that's what we have to do. It's right? the truth. It's the truth. We mm-hmm. got to embrace it, especially if we're going to continue to love these people that we love, right? And I've never had a long relationship. It's pretty much common knowledge around here and any part that I've ever been. Okay. Prior to Heather, my longest relationship was like three months. I can see why it, those were my longest relationships. It's oh, because okay. I wasn't a partner. Okay. I expected everything to be done. Okay. But when it came to me, oh, I would fucking kick and scream and be like in my head. Hmm. And then outwardly, I would make the person feel like, oh, this is just too much of a burden. Hmm. You know? And when it clicked for me was... Over the holidays, Heather and I had some difficulty. Right? Okay. We were, we were having some trouble. Um, and in that trouble, I was able to see just how selfish I was, right? How mm. absolutely like selfish, gutting selfish. Not, not as bad as I was before. Mm-hmm. Thank God for progress, right? Mm. But like still selfish, mm. still expecting and not mm. giving. Like mm. it was so weird. So thanks for saying that, Matt. Mm. Obviously, it spurred on this whole thing in my mm. head to like go explode. But I, I, it's so important. Like it's little stuff, you know, like I'm, I drove her this morning. She has this, um, she was doing a CD Saturday. So she's got her own business. Oh, okay. Foodscapes, right? Calgary. Oh yeah. I I mentioned, she mentioned that before. I haven't seen it for in a a long time. Yeah. I thought she was away or something. Kind of like yourself. She made some decisions about coming to church that were her decisions. Oh, okay. Based on her path and who she is as a person. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad she did, right? Because much like, I don't know how you felt when you were still going to the meeting downstairs, um, but she was starting to feel like stressed about it. Every time she came, Me it too. was just stressful and it was angering and all this mm-hmm. stuff was going on. And it wasn't her fault. It's just the way people are, right? Like, I understand. Yeah. So yeah. everybody has, one of the things that we probably all have learned is that most humans have an agenda. Right. Everyone does. Everyone Everybody has an, has an agenda. Everyone yeah. has an agenda. Oh, for even, sure. Actually, even animals have agendas. So let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. We're all animals. We have agenda. The difference is we can like process our agenda. Yeah, that's true. Right? And we can either be up front or we can be like mm-hmm. hidden. So when agendas come in and they clash, that's okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's okay. It mm-hmm. can either tell us or it can tell someone else they need to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? 
and that's okay because mm-hmm. i think those are our like kind of god-given um cues to each other mm-hmm. right yeah um so yeah man and and so anyway it was realizing that in order to just help her mm-hmm. i had to be there that's mm-hmm. it i had to be there mm-hmm. she wasn't asking too much of me much mm-hmm. like i don't know again i don't know what your relationship is mm-hmm. like with with linda but like in my case there wasn't so much being asked of me but i was still acting like there was mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like this petulant child who's mm-hmm. like unable to just recognize mm-hmm. when i'm being a petulant child mm-hmm. Because I've told myself, and again, I don't know what your situation is, but I've told myself for 44 years mm. that if these certain things don't happen, I'm out. Mm. Right? Linda rescued me and I was a wonderful victim. Yeah. Learned to do that many times over the years. Yeah. It's kind of sickening and disgusting. Yeah. So the game gets played. Yeah. And enable, and she has her own stuff mm-hmm. to we deal all with. Do. Yeah. And, uh, she's working on and uh, yeah yeah that did you want to say something more about it or do you, you want me well to you say? mentioned the identity thing yeah and that just kept like yeah. digging into my head as well um because i've been working with humans for a long time and i can almost say with reasonable certainty probably not a hundred percent certainty but reasonable certainty that every human i've ever dealt with has had trouble with identity myself included yeah right well i think part of my identity when i just think of it is that for decades i was a really angry man Mm -hmm. and that guy i mentioned sean casey Mm -hmm. uh, he has uh mud wrestling with your mind that's another Mm -hmm. book he has yeah and I went to this thing in upstate New York, and there was all these guys. It was uh, called the Arjuna Conference. He doesn't do it now, but uh, I found out about it through the coaching world. And there was all these angry fucking men that were in the Vietnam War Mm. that were just crazy. And drunks. And so we went to this thing in garrison which is right across from west point that's where the military Mm -hmm. is and in there it's a huge monastery and a business bought it so there's seventy thousand square feet with trees and Mm -hmm. everything and a lot of the weekend was in silence eating Mm -hmm. service was silence even if you were dusting off a leaf on a Mm -hmm. plant and there's all these cool zen Archers there, you know, doing this in silence. and But we had one of the things kind of like AA's acceptance about, you know, being with what is while it is the way it is. And kind of makes it easy if I can go there, you know. Uh, Doesn't mean I have to love it. It's about in the moment. And I had this idea that it had to be always Mm -hmm. definite. It's in the moment. Someone's values may totally clash with mine. Mm -hmm. So I get to decide how much time I get to spend around that person. That's right. There's a lot of freedom to do that Mm -hmm. without coming up with, well, you're a fucking asshole and I want to kick your nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a different, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I. (laughs) You're a fucking asshole. I want to kick your nuts. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, that's, that's, (laughs) you know, that's horrible, right? It depends uh, who you're talking to. Yeah. But I'm just, <laughs> when I went there, 
You know, you get the patakas out. I mean, they did that at personal best too. You pass yeah. out almost. You're so wet from beating, uh, whatever it is. And that really shook some stuff up, but mm. it didn't stay. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was a big inter- He's a huge meditation mm. guy. He's into, he's like a big, big guy. Mm-hmm. And he does executive coaching with, you know, all the Basel and all these Betchamol, big, big companies mm-hmm. around. You know, he's at that level. Yeah. You know, he's from Montreal. Uh, nice guy. You know, I used to put him in a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I usually do that. Then things get weird mm-hmm. rather than people have special skills. You know, so mm-hmm. if I need to be around special skills, then I do that. Mm-hmm. I need to be around your energy. Mm-hmm. And having this kind of conversation or I wouldn't be here today. That's what's real for me in the moment, I think. I never thought about it before coming up here. But now with all this kind of conscious stuff going on Mm -hmm. and stuff floating around, probably that's it. And maybe I needed to kind of say this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have that all the time. I got a big reminder. My lot of anxiety has gone away. Mm -hmm. I take a low-level... Ciprolex, mm-hmm. and I want to start getting away from it, hopefully in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a doctor, of course. Yeah, with a doctor. I'm just saying that to yeah. make sure everyone Yeah, is. and uh, uh, there's a way to do it. And ar- around, I used to get some depression, but around Christmas, or after Christmas there, Dave, in January, I was in bed for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. I hadn't have that happen for years. Mm-hmm. So that really caught my attention. Something's going on. Yeah. And then some other things, you know. But uh, yeah. Anyways, blah, blah. I don't know if I'm just kind of going round and round. But When uh, you're talking about the uh, going to meetings and trying to find a place where you fit, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny. You're That's just, the word, fit. Yeah. and That's it, the word, fit. As soon as, soon as I was able to fit with myself... I could fit anywhere. Mm. That's what shifted, right? But that, for me, I don't even really know. I'd be lying if I told you I knew exactly when it happened or how it happened. Mm. But it was a combination of things, right? Mm. I First of all, I realized nobody in any room anywhere knows anything. And that was the, once I realized I didn't really know anything, it was easy for me to transfer that to everybody else and be like, you know what? Everyone is just trying to make it through. Mm-hmm. So when I go to a meeting and I hear people talking shit and they're just blah, 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 right? We've been to meetings. You know they're not all the same. They're not not everybody who shares is sharing like grains of golden wisdom, right? However, they're sharing something they need to share for whatever reason. That's a right? different perspective to look at. That was it's what healthy. was given to me was a, yeah. a shakeup in my perspective, perception of that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Was when I go to a meeting, so when I first came in, and I didn't go to treatment or anything. And I think you didn't go to treatment either. So I went to a, an AA room that people were pretty hard. They were pretty hard. So they, okay. and my first sponsor was very direct. And he just said, no matter what you do, don't do anything that will keep you out of these rooms. And he said, you can do all oh, kinds wow. of shit, but don't do anything that'll keep you out of these rooms. That's a big deal. Right? That's a huge deal. It was a huge deal for me mm-hmm. because what it did was it set the stage for me, right? Mm-hmm. When he told me that, I, I simply said, okay, so what can I do that I can live with, right? Mm-hmm. And then that cultivated me in the meetings because I realized, he also said like, every anyone else's opinion of you is none of your business. 
I took that to heart, right? Mm-hmm. That stuck with me. It still yeah. has. Yeah. 14 and a half years later, man, I can still hear his voice mm-hmm. saying, what other people think of you is none of your fucking business, Dave. And I was like, that's pretty profound. It really is none of my business. It is profound. Right? It's hard to keep that in mind with like Facebook and Instagram because now everybody can tell you what they think of you anytime. Yeah, that's true. But it's still none of my business. I like that. There's freeing, you know. I guess it's practice. I don't know, Dave. Uh, God bless, you know, if you can put it on and it Mm -hmm. always wears on, you know. Uh, Because sometimes I put it on like a shower and it's it's like, oh, okay, that's Mm -hmm. cool. Oh, it's none of my business. That's fine. That's yeah. that's your thing. Yeah. You know, I really, I mean, this is what this Byron Kitty says. She yeah. says there's three kinds of business. Mm-hmm. God's business, your business, and my business. Mm-hmm. And she somewhere in there says, I'm not so sure that I have any business. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> she's... That's how it feels some days. You know, and yeah. I thought, okay. I like that, man. So... You say that again? Yeah. It's there's three kinds of businesses, yeah. right? God's business, yeah. your business, my business, yeah. and sometimes I don't have any business. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, thank you for that. If I can wear that, then it's cool. But yeah. I've heard the same thing at an AA meeting. Yeah. There was uh, actually, actually, I don't know. Maybe this happened to you too. I heard it from an Irish English guy, but I heard it from a native gay lady there at a meeting one night. I was bitching about something. Or something, buddy, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what she said to me. Yeah. She's sitting here quiet as a church mouse, and out of the blue, kind of none of your fucking business. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you know. And, and the first time she you kind that. of expanded, right? Yeah. Well, here's this little lady. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, kind of my thing is. Don't be rude to la- little old ladies. That's right. Like, don't ever do that. That's like below yeah. mice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I can't do it. My mom. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And, uh, okay. You know, yeah. so. It's pretty profound though. Hey, when you hear yeah, the right is. moment, when you hear that and you know what, Kim, like I know that we're trying to be better people, right? And we're going to, yeah. And I, I know you so. a little bit. You're trying to be we're a trying. better person, right? Yeah. I try to be. Sometimes better people have to tell people to fuck off, Kim. And right. I need to be told to fuck off too. Me too, man. You know, especially when I'm out of my way. fucking element, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, it's true if it digs, right? If someone says something, yeah. it's like there's this energy, and it's like this energy lingers. Totally. Why is that lingering? It's nothing. Well, then why am I making it something? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, in, in, instead of the, I've had to learn this too, because man, I was raised by two of the world's greatest codependents, man. So. This is an uphill fucking battle, right? But I'm at a meeting two weeks ago, and there's a guy that I'm definitely not going to say names because yeah. this guy's a fucktard. And I don't use that word lightly. So when, okay. I, when I say that word, like I've, I've made my own steps to like bridge a gap between him and I. Like I've actually come in, it's like good morning, all this kind of shit. He pushed me one time. Physically pushed first, you? Yeah, before my back surgery, he shoved me from behind. Because he, he couldn't do it from the front, so he did it from behind. It, I didn't even, like, lose my shit. That the must chair, have hurt meeting, you. It hurt like a son of a bitch. But I just turned around, and I looked at him, and I said, you're only going to get one free one. And then I walked away. But the chair was, like, losing her mind because she knew I was going in for back surgery, like, uh, two weeks later. 
It was right before my first one. So I was in oh, pain wow. all the time. But anyway, he's that kind of guy. That's the kind of guy he is, right? He's gonna, you turn your back on him and he pushes you. That's the kind of guy. So I didn't think, I knew right then, I knew what kind of person he was. So I was like, fuck it. This guy's a joke, right? Of course, because that's what you're going to think. So anyway, I've, the last couple of years I've spent like, oh, it's painful. And I've gone through all this like work, mm. right? To try to get better. And then mm-hmm. I realized, okay, well, there's still some things that I'm not very good at, which okay. one of them is communicating in a non-threatening manner with someone I have I had an issue with, right? Specifically someone who's touched me in a way that I don't like to be touched, yeah. right? Got it. Because that kind of shit, for me, all bets are off. But when he pushed me and I didn't react that way, I was like, God, what the fuck are you doing to me? Because <laughs> yeah. I turned around and I wasn't even going to hit him. I just said, you yeah. only get one. That could get serious. It dude. could, right? Yeah. It could have got real serious. Yeah. But luckily, I kind of knew this guy was a joke anyway. So I go back in and I'm like, over the last few years, I've it's taken me a few years. One of my closest friends, she's just amazing. Right now, she's walking her mom through cancer. And oh, wow. she's just an amazing human. Her mom's amazing too. Like, they're just amazing people. But anyway, we're, her and I are at the meeting together. And so it was a couple weeks ago. And it's cold, right? It was back when it was cold still. So that's how I know it was a couple weeks ago. So the door to this meeting, it opens out to the outside. Okay. And then there's an inside door that opens up to the room where we sit in for the meeting. Oh, okay. So I kept closing the door because every time someone came in, it was fucking cold. Oh, and okay. my friend was fucking cold. I could mm-hmm. see her. She's shivering. She's got a parka on. She's yeah. sitting right next to me. And yeah. I'm like, okay, obviously she's cold. Mm-hmm. I close the door so the cold air can't come in. Well, this guy who obviously owns this room at this point because he's, you know, he's been there long enough. Now he owns the room, I guess. But you mentioned bleeding deacons earlier, and that's not completely out of the realm of possibility there, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I keep closing the door because it keeps getting cold because people are coming in and out. They smoke and shit like that, mm-hmm. right? Um and I'm not going to make fun of the longers just because I don't smoke anymore. You know, it's a good chance to take a poke, but I won't. Anyway, it's cold. So I close the door for like the fourth time. Mm-hmm. He comes over from across the room out of his chair to open the door. So he opens the door and he goes, he starts telling me, he starts giving me a lecture in the middle of the meeting. He's just talking. Oh, like crosstalk. Uh, no, he's like standing right in front of me. The oh, meeting's okay. going on behind him. Like when it's, when it's his oh, show, wow. it's his show. He doesn't give a shit. What he does at birthday meetings is he'll like, make a big show of cutting the cake and like getting out of it, getting everybody in. He's in the way, right? Like he'll just do whatever he can anyway. So mm-hmm. he comes over and he like opens the door and he leans down and he's like, Hey, like, just so you know, it's like science. And I looked at him cause he had no idea why we were closing the door. He thought I was closing the door for some other fucking reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously when you have a closed door, that means cold air gets in scientifically speaking. Mm-hmm. Fucking idiot. Anyway, oh, did I say idiot again? I'm not supposed to say that. Ah, you got to cut that out. Um, yeah, anyway, so he leans down and he's really close to me. And my friend who's been, we've been friends for so long. She knows the trouble that's happened because of this guy, right? And over the last few weeks before this happened, she was commenting as to how like nice I was being to him. And I said, yeah, because I don't, I don't not like him. I don't hate him. I just don't agree with him. So I'm trying to get past the fact that I don't agree with him and I can still have a, uh, some sort of like surface relationship with him. Yeah, it's not going to happen anymore. Because when he leaned in to tell me about his scientific reasons for keeping the door open, I said, I don't want to hear your fucking bullshit, dude. Go sit down. Mm-hmm. 
he didn't say a word. He was like, uh, uh. And so my friend sitting next to me, she's like, he's fucking speechless. <laughs> and he went and sat down. Good. But of course, he's all That's like. awesome. But the, mm-hmm. the key was for in that situation was to say it right then. Not let him walk away. No delays. Him, no. Not let him no lay his shit on me, right? Yeah. I didn't want to take his mm-hmm. shit anymore. Would so, it rent in your head for a while? It could have. Yeah. It totally could have. Okay. And then afterwards, yeah. uh, my friend and I went for breakfast and, and she was like, so like, are you twisted up about this? And I'm like, not at all. I got it out. Mm. I told him to go fuck himself. And that's all I had to say to him. Right. And so mm-hmm. point is, even like people who don't say that stuff to people anymore. And I don't like saying it to people. And I, I cannot remember outside of him the last time I told somebody that. Right. I've, mm-hmm. I've been like, fuck you. Or whatever, when someone's beacon or something at a meeting, because people do shit like that. Yeah, that's true. Right? And Mm -hmm. I just go, fuck you. Or who are you? Or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, as time goes on, I say, fuck you less, and I say, like, nothing more often. Mm -hmm. I'll just be like, because people think all kinds of shit about me, right? He's not this, he's not that. But they think all kinds of shit about you, and they think about all kinds of shit about Darcy, and very little of it is true, right? Mm. But when someone comes to tell you, the reasons why you shouldn't do what you're doing. I want them to make sure they know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Makes sense. Because we start judging people before we even get there, you know? And I don't know how we got on that topic. Oh, because we're talking about taking shit at meetings, Matt. Mm -hmm. And the fact that nobody in those rooms, one of the things that I, I constantly am reminding newcomers of, as I'm sure you are, is that we're in a room full of sick people. Okay. I'm one of those sick people and I'm not pretending that I'm not one of those sick people because I am in the same room. Therefore I am a part of that room Mm -hmm. and I am just, sometimes I'm just as sick as other people. Sometimes I'm not feeling as sick as other people, right? Because I'm out of the way and God's maybe working, right? And I'm not. Um, But the truth is every room has room for me. Every room has room for you. Every room has room for Darcy. As soon as he comes in, swear to God, he just needs to come in sooner rather than later. I have never even heard him talk about drinking. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, But like, there's room for us, right? There's room for us as we are, is my point. There's room for you as you are, Kim. You are not a piece of shit. You are not like insignificant. You are not like any lesser more than anyone else, right? Whether you're here or there or anywhere. I think... When they used to say to us, and they probably still say it, I haven't heard it for a while, um, I, I'm just comfortable in my own skin. And, and I'm not saying I am. I'm saying that when I am, I can go to anywhere. Mm-hmm. When I'm not, I cannot, right? I cannot go. Sometimes I can barely leave my apartment mm-hmm. when my skin is burning or my underneaths are just boiling, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Just keep going. I like how you say that. You're going to find it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to run and hide. Fuck no, Anywhere. Man. I'm not a, only a baby 90% of the time. Yeah, the other 10, too. I'm all growing up. Yeah, yeah. So. And I'm, I'm a baby. I'm a baby like 92% of the time. Yeah, yeah. The other 8% of the time, I act like a grown up. And I'm still just acting in that 8%. Yeah. You know? I'm glad you said what you said about the meetings. I just, for some reason, I needed to hear that today. So obviously, there's a little edge yeah. in there 
or some bitterness or something, and uh, it's my choice. I, I start the car, I drive there, yes. and all of it, you know. But I like the perception difference. Mm. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And, and it's not, Kim, you're not doing anything wrong by feeling that way, right? Yeah. Like, there's a growth. There's growth, and I think oftentimes mm. we forget you know, we tell our story, right? And we, we tell our story in the, in the same fashion that we've rehearsed mm -hmm. it most of the time. And then we, we deviate. But what we often forget is to tell people how hard it is, right? Mm -hmm. At not just the first year, man. Like when I was, when I took my seven year birthday, mm -hmm. an old timer came up to me, really nice man. I still love this guy. Just a good, genuine human, mm -hmm. right? Comfortable in his own skin. He came up to me and he said, now you got to be careful. And I was like, mm -hmm. fuck do you mean? It's like seven years. I should be good. I'm like, I'm pretty awesome. Have you seen me? And he's like, you got to be careful because now you start thinking you're okay. Now you start thinking you understand this. You know what this is about. And then he said, how did you feel at two years? I said, I thought I knew what it was about. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he goes, that's right. The trouble, the difference is, is that you think now it's different. Mm -hmm. You think because it's not two years, it's seven years. You think now you do understand. And he was right. Every, I, I didn't realize I was doing it, right? But every year I was thinking, this is how it's going to be next year too. Mm. And when it wasn't, I'd be fucking miserable, right? Thinking I'm doing something wrong. And we're, you're not doing anything. We're not mm. doing anything wrong. What we're doing mm. is we're growing. <laughs> and growing is mm. fucking painful, man. Yeah, it is. There's, it's not a, a lovely and sweet. No, oh. it isn't. Uh, so, yeah, if it's pain-free growth that I would look for, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. That's a fallacy. It's a fantasy. It's not true. So I do appreciate the pain when it happens. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the second sometimes, yeah. but I like the richness. And, you know, it's kind of that feeling of, of okay, about the, th the business, minding our business. Uh, I like when you said that, the feeling inside me was like, be more humble mm. about things. It, when you said about the meeting, going to the meetings and the perception mm -hmm. of that, it feels, and about seven years, it feels, be more humble. Mm. I like that feeling. Mm -hmm. I like being a servant. Mm -hmm. And I like leading. I like mm -hmm. both those things. So. Yeah. Uh, if I can get it going cleanly, mm -hmm. it's a happy space, yeah. happy spot for me. But I like that you said that about minding business. And I like, yeah, watch at seven years. Yeah. And and it's like, and I, I forgot when I told you that story that you were seven years. Yeah. It just kind of popped in as you said it again. Yeah, but, but I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's important to kind of think that I don't know much. You know, and I, I can being. try to help people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a sponsee and his everything is about perfectionism with him. So he lives in another city. Mm -hmm. You know, he was here and then moved. So. so how do you talk to him about perfectionism? What do you tell him? I ask him. Usually he'll say something in an email about it. And I just go, well, is it true mm -hmm. that, you know, is perfectionism true? What's it mean mm -hmm. to you? And then he'll first, he'll usually tell me bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. And then he'll tell me more bullshit. Yeah. And then I just go, well, uh, what would it be like if it wasn't there? Like what mm-hmm. would be 180 degrees from that? Yeah. And, you know, like what could you do? Yeah. Like how, what's it sound like to if you do your best today? Mm-hmm. And what if tomorrow's different? Yeah. So kind of like that. See, I, I appreciate that. that, right? Like you know, because uh, I think our best is different every day. Of course, it is. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I think on the perfectionist side, when I go there, mm-hmm. it's about showing up right. Yeah. So if I have that in my head, I've got it perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not open to learning. I'm rigid to feedback. Yeah. So if I'm not open to learning and rigid to feedback. Through others' lens, all of a sudden, you've got a big ego or a really bad freaking attitude. Mm-hmm. And some people have this idea about sharing with other people. And other people sometimes will make up their mind on you. And you know you haven't even been part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But again, getting back to that's none of my business what they think about me mm-hmm. that's a good time to bring that up within myself totally. so i don't get a charge because i haven't been part of a conversation yeah. because people will say the line to you while your reputation precedes you mm-hmm. oh thank you and how so <laughs> I, I like the, i think it's cool that you say thank you i chuckle and go oh shit you know <laughs> uh how so right yeah. i want specifics yeah you know, because then my spidey senses start to move mm-hmm. and my bullshit factor that what I'm thinking is true yeah. and my fact and fiction gauge gets all fucked up. Mm-hmm. So now our communication is starting off weird because yeah. I've just messed it up and I've just asked them a question and I have all this, I've just gone on the LA freeway mm-hmm. or talking to Marilyn about the Manila freeway. Yeah. That's going on in here, and I'm feeding it crap. Mm-hmm. This person is just answering a question, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something there. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But that's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Trying to control every aspect of something is like absolutely exhausting. Trying to control what other people see in us, exhausting and pointless, right? Because I'm sure like you've experienced when the harder I try to get someone to see something my way or see me a certain way, do I ever fuck that up? Mm-hmm. Like, do I, I, I can see it. I can see myself starting to talk in circles when it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like where I'm like, what the fuck am I trying to do here? Mm-hmm. It's like trying to convince somebody that they want something they don't want, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I know that's a salesman's kind of job, mm-hmm. right? Or convince them they want something they don't need, I suppose, right? Um, None of us are, well, we're all salesmen to some extent, I suppose, especially in program. Like, really, they say we're not selling anything, but we are. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, even if you're, whatever program you're coming from, you're Mm -hmm. really selling it. Absolutely. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But once we get to a place in, in this process, whatever our journey looks like, that it starts to make sense to us Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to be here just like other people are supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. We're, this is a privilege for us too, Mm -hmm. right? And for the longest Mm -hmm. time, I thought I was here for other people, Mm -hmm. right? I thought I stayed sober for myself, but I thought I was doing 
my job for other people. I thought I was doing it for my parents. I thought I was doing all this shit. Then I realized, no, <laughs> I got to do it. We got to do it for us, right? Mm -hmm. We have to bring us wherever we go. Mm -hmm. So let's try to get comfortable with us because that's who we have mm -hmm. to be fucking stuck with. It's easy to go back to this. Yeah. It's like weight. With weight, there's a set point. Mm -hmm. And I just took this kind of food program thing. Mm -hmm. And the body is always trying to get back to the set point. Mm -hmm. If that's not where you want your weight to be, you know. Yeah. So it's always trying things. So, yeah. Mm because -hmm. uh, I do... I took that craving food program through mm -hmm. primary health care. Through which? Primary health care. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was seeing the dietitian, and then she said, how about this craving? Oh, right here. And I, yeah. Yeah, that's and, right. And then there's a program. and But it's unbelievable how much it is like addiction. The food. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. How, why, when, emotional eating. Mm -hmm. You know, there's stomach eating, mouth eating, and heart eating. Mm -hmm. When I'm crazy, I heart eat. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. Just insane. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, you know? Well, they, you know, there's like lots of more research will be done and stuff like that. But there's lots of research showing now that it doesn't matter what the chemical is. Yeah. That the chemicals don't have hooks. It's actually the hooks are in us. Yeah. Right? So, um, and I know this concept yeah. is going to be heady and I'm not going to say mm, it right. That's fine. Um, the, the truth is environment plays a huge, much bigger role, right? In, I believe in that. our evolution. I totally believe that actual like genes do mm -hmm. genes are there. And, and I, I mm -hmm. think it's called epigenetics or whatever. Now they're starting to study more because mm. for a long time we were told that genes were everything mm. that if it's in your genes, that's, what's going to mm -hmm. happen to you. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of the reasons this is starting to make more sense, I think mm -hmm. to me and mm -hmm. I, again, they're going to continue to research mm -hmm. stuff. And in five years, this might not be true, right? Like I'm completely okay with that. Mm -hmm. But the way I understand it, and, and I could be completely wrong again, is because the environments, now environments can be prenatal as well, right? Like mm -hmm. the prenatal environment, what's being said, what's being heard, all that kind of stuff. But also the stress, more so the stress that the mm -hmm. mother's under and mm -hmm. passes on. That mm -hmm. is a prenatal environment. Okay. Yeah. Um, for that. So postnatal environments where they're unpredictable, right? Because you right. can't, you're not in a womb anymore. Mm. So my, between me and my two brothers, so out of the three brothers, I'm the only one who hit the fucking ru ground running with booze and stuff like that. Oh, okay. My older brother hit drugs when he was in younger. Okay. But he almost overdosed and died. Oh. But once he was done, he was done. Mm. So he didn't have the same... Something was different between him and I, mm. even, even from one person apart, right? Our, our four years apart, mm. something was different. So, and even in different, more different in my younger brother, but it went different mm. in the other way, right? Okay. So my older brother almost died and then he was, seemed to be fine. He didn't mm. have to like be in program. He's never gone back to like 12 steps or anything like that. And I know, and it's crazy. I can't mm. understand it until now I'm starting to understand it a little bit. The environment was so different, Kim, mm. for him and my younger brother. They weren't abused, mm. but I was abused. That was 
an environment that set off my drinking gene, mm-hmm. if that's such a thing. I'm, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true or not, but if there is a gene, the unencoded gene is the instructions how to start that gene. Mm-hmm. So the instructions probably included trauma. Mm-hmm. The trauma hit, the fl- uh, mm-hmm. switches flipped, and gradually I become an alcoholic, mm-hmm. right? Because it didn't seem like I didn't need a whole lot of time to become an alcoholic. What happened was almost instantaneous. Not with the first drink, because the first drink was wrapped up into my brother's bullshit. But with when I actually hit the ground drinking on my own as a teenager, I was an alcoholic right away. (laughs) Even my friends knew it. Mm -hmm. Like they were like, does Dave ever not talk about drinking Mm -hmm. or getting booze, right? If we didn't have booze, I always wanted booze. Mm -hmm. Must have been fucking annoying for my friends, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways... That the environment that we're in mm-hmm. cultivates whether or not we continue to grow or mm-hmm. in, in what direction, mm-hmm. right? So when people mm-hmm. put themselves in constant stressful environments, mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to be able to be peaceful, mm-hmm. most likely, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a Buddhist monk or something like that. And you, but in that case, you've probably been training a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right? true. It's just really hard to be peaceful when all we have is combat up here. Right and chaos, chaos. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how I got onto fucking epigenetics. You did, and and it's great. Did it make sense at all? Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Um, (laughs) Anytime I think of science stuff, I'm like, I'm gonna screw Mm -hmm. this up. Um, Mm -hmm. What were we talking about before that? About life and stuff that works, and (laughs) yeah, you know, stuff that doesn't work, stuff that works. Mm. I, yeah. I think it's like this, the environment thing. That's what was popping into my head. Mm. That's why the meetings matter. Which meetings we go to. What's mm. the environment of that? Meeting? The fit and feel okay about it. Yeah. The fit and the people. And yeah, I think I have to give people more chance. Absolutely. You know? Me too. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought I found another meeting and then I had this idea. How come no one's coming over to say hi to me? Mm-hmm. And then... I'd start going over to say hi to them, and it was like, oh, I got to go. Mm-hmm. Thinking, I shower. My breath isn't bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could be any weirder than fucking you are, you know? <laughs> so, you know? Yeah, chances you, are pretty good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I just, for some reason, take that, mm-hmm. you know, and I run. You know, my wife. I think she gets my buttons the right way because mm-hmm. she sees that I wasn't gonna going to some meetings for a little bit, mm-hmm. and she said, "You know, you got a pattern again. You know, what is this pattern? You're doing it again. Yeah. You know, it's like." And then, of course, well, don't you remember when this happened? And it's like, "Oh, here we go again. <laughs> now this is gonna get complicated." Yeah. You know, because I got to add value, which is not so much value, yeah. and make it really freaking sticky. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of, yeah. I think, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to have in my head now after this episode's over? I'm going to walk around with this little old lady sitting mm-hmm. next to me saying, it's none of your fucking business. Every time I am about to yeah, go. She's up, unbelievable just yeah. sitting here. It's I like almost. It. Yeah. I hope I said hi, you know, I yeah. did then, you know. Yeah, no shit. At that point, you're like, you want to be my sponsor? <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought you're okay, lady. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because yeah. that's wise, right? Yeah. Like, yes, I, very wise. That's very wise. Like, and I'm gonna keep that, man. Yeah. So thank you for talking. Yeah, about thanks. That. And thanks for coming on today. Well, I'm sorry I've probably kept you way too Are long. You kidding here. me? Yapping. This is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I enjoy your companies. Well, Cam. I appreciate this Absolutely. opportunity, and thanks for asking me. I thought I just think lots of things. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're welcome, man. Thank yeah. you. We appreciate. It. How how yeah, long I, was that? We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or find us on Facebook at Freedom's Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.